Welcome to The Gradebook, a Tampa Bay Times podcast on Florida education issues. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek, and this week we have a lot of things going on. The appointment of the education commissioner is coming up on Monday. The legislature has started coming together in order to talk about its committee stuff, and we're not going to talk about any of that. We have newly announced Pasco County Teacher of the Year, Holly Meichler, who is going to talk with us about what it means to be a teacher in these times. Let's just jump straight into that interview. Holly, I want to thank you for taking time to talk with me on the Gradebook Podcast. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Well, congratulations is first in order because you were named the Pasco County Teacher of the Year, and um, that's a high honor, I'm sure. Did you expect it at all? I did not. Um, I was excited to... um have a chance to win at the school level, and um, I almost passed on the opportunity to even uh, register at the district level for this, or um, apply, I guess is the word, um, but our schools had a, a tough year, and I felt like it was a good chance for us to put some spotlight on some of the wonderful things that we have going on at, at Pasco Middle School, um, and just to, to bring some some spirit and some excitement back to our school, and, and I think it's done that, so um, I, having not even planned to apply and then going to the to the fact that now um, representing the whole district is quite an honor. The school year has been a tough one, not just for Pasco Middle School, but for teachers in Pasco County and around the state and nation because of all the things going on with, you know, pay and work conditions. How do you get past that and remain as enthusiastic as you have been to be a teacher? That's a that's a great question. Um, I do think that teaching is losing some respect as a profession, um, and that pains me because um, it is a it is an essential career for many to have, obviously. And um, the way that I get through is um, one, uh, and this may not be the the most ideal response, but part of it is ignorance is bliss. Um, Sometimes I do like to just uh, go into my classroom and um, ignore some of the politics that are going on and ignore some of the bad press that teachers are getting um, and focus on my kids. And that's why I'm here in the first place. And um, it's my calling to be a part of their lives and to be influential um, at a critical time in their lives. And um, I can set all the other things aside um, if I focus on the the essential purpose of why I'm here. Um, it doesn't mean that I don't get distracted by some of those things, um, but I, I, I try to avoid letting that walk in with me into the classroom every morning. And you have a middle school classroom, which makes it even more amazing because <laughs> I hear that middle school is like that deep, dark hole where people are afraid to go. Um, I And see, that's funny because I feel the same way about elementary school. Um, I can handle haywire hormones a lot better than I could tying shoes or wiping noses or having line leaders. Um, so I guess we're all called to our, our specific niche. Um, but I, I love middle schoolers. I love getting to see them like turn into real humans. Um, I like to joke that uh, a lot of times seventh graders are um, in 
like invaded by aliens for a period uh, because they they lose all sense of control and they're living through chaos. But then you get to see them like to to grow and turn into humans again, as I like to tell them. Um, and they're they're starting to determine who they are and make decisions about who they want to be. And I get to see that like firsthand. And that's not something that you generally get to see in elementary school because they're still young young kids still little babies and then in high school a lot of them have kind of already decided what path they want um, so middle school is really that formative time when they're they're figuring out who they are and um, it's it's cool to watch that happen it's not something where you see the craziness of it all I mean uh, that doesn't get overwhelming <laughs> oh, it's crazy <laughs> it's crazy that's but that's what I love about it every day is so uh, so different, so challenging, so new. Uh, they walk in every day, and you're not real sure which version of them that you're going to get. And I, I like the challenge of that, but I also like to be able to um, love them through the hard days uh, because they do come in with a lot of baggage sometimes because of their home lives. But um, it just in addition to that, just the pubescent chaos that they're going through um, biologically and physiologically, um, so you're you're never sure who you're gonna get, but they're they're still they're still kids, and um, they still need somebody to bounce their ideas off of and be a sounding board for them as they try to figure out how to navigate all that. How do you reach them in a way that helps you to succeed in getting them to where they're going? I talked to some of your students, and they all just said that you were a person who really has made a difference for them. That you found that way. What is it? You love them. You, um, I, I, they've seen me cry over them. They've seen me get angry with them. They've seen me just be absolutely joyful over their existence and what they're doing. Um, I listen to them as people, and I ask them for their opinion. I, I take the time to really get to know them because they, they do matter. And... Um, you've got to smile a lot. That's a, that's the other thing is just is smile at them, laugh at them, um, help them to joke with themselves and, and to loosen up and lighten up a little bit um, so that they feel comfortable around you and in your classroom. And then once you have earned their respect, even if it takes a little bit of time, um, they'll do anything for you. Uh, they'll, they'll work their little butts off to, to try to get done what you need them to get done. Do you not feel pressured in any way by all of the things like test scores that seem to have taken over a large part of what education has become? There obviously is that pressure. I'm I am fortunate in that um, I am in a, a program with the AVID program that it is an elective and we don't have quite the pressure of the FSA scores and the quarterly checks and all of that over and over and over again. Um, we have an EOC, but so I, I do sense that in, in some regard, but I, I've been fortunate to avoid most of the pressure of that, at least in the last five years. Um, and it's, it's an, I guess it's a necessary evil. Um, I, I do know that we have to test them and hold them accountable and see where they are and see their growth. Um, I, I just, I do wish for their sakes that it wasn't, it wasn't so much pressure put on them. Um, I would rather, take the pressure as a teacher, then put it on them. And I feel like they're taking the brunt of it. And you work in a Title I school, so you have students who are not as advantaged or privileged as some of the others. So do you see that there are differences in the way that they approach school? Or 
I guess you've only been at Pasco Middle School. Do you know? I don't. You're right. I don't have a lot to compare to. Um, this is the only place that I've ever worked. Um, I know that they they do come with their struggles. They come with their background. I think any kid in any school does. Um, I know that sometimes they may not have the resources that they need, or um, maybe they have um, parents and support system and teachers who are more than and willing and just aren't able. Uh, so I know that that does set us up for uh, a greater struggle a lot of times. Um, but I also know that these kids come and they they understand a work ethic a lot of times like other kids don't um, because they've had to work very hard for what they have. And uh, so sometimes if you can tap into that and make it um, make it more meaningful, more relevant to them, they can't. They can achieve. They can. They can learn just as much as anybody else, and they can grow just as much as any other school that's not a Title One school. Um, oftentimes, a lot more because they they do have uh, this this grit and this heart that sometimes you don't find in schools where they haven't had to work so hard for things. When I talked to a couple of the students in your class, they said something that I've heard in. Lots of classrooms when I visited other teachers of the year in the past, and that is, mm-hmm. I wish that more teachers were like her. And oh. it just kind of makes me wonder, though, how hard is it to be a teacher like you? Because, you know, you've reached them in a way that many teachers apparently have not. I think that um, I, I do know that. I pour my time and my energy and my heart into it. I know that probably 98% of the other 6,000 plus teachers in our county do the same. Um, And I don't know why uh, some are able to make a connection and some aren't because I, I do believe that to be in this career, you can't do it half hearted. Um, You have to pour everything into it and it is draining at times, but it's the only way to truly make a difference um, so I, I can't say why, why they say that about some and not about others, because I know that, like I said, 98% are, are doing the exact same thing. And, um, for whatever reason, I, I just have been able to have kids that I click with and, um, who are willing to, to let me kind of <laughs> invade their lives to, to be a part of it. Do you have advice for other teachers? Some maybe special secret that you use? (laughs) Um, Special secret. Uh, I think I've already pretty much said it. Uh, Love them. Um, And don't be afraid to let them know that you love them. Um, I would say just to let them see the real you. Let them know who you are and also uh, let them have a chance to tell you who they are. I have the the privilege and the opportunity through AVID to do quite a bit of team building and um, take that time to build that rapport. I spend the whole first week of my school year doing nothing but team building. So there's no, there's no syllabus on the first day. There's no rules and expectations the first week. The whole first week is just let's uh, be vulnerable with each other and let's break down some of the fears and some of the awkwardness. And I, I think that pays off in the end. And 
each each week we do a little bit more and we we try to keep that family atmosphere and I I call them my my kids I call them my babies I I don't have children of my own and they know that and I tell them you you're mine you're what I have you're what I've been given and um so I think I think that new teachers who are coming in the kids have to see that part of you that that hidden little place of your heart um that lets them know how much they mean to you Lawmakers are coming back to Tallahassee right now, and they're going to be focusing a lot on education. Do you have anything that you would want to tell them to make your job easier, to make education better? I I wrote this in my um, essays that I submitted, and I understand the standards-based and the heavy emphasis uh, on focusing on the standards for grading and for curriculum, uh, but I think that we've we've swayed too far away um, towards the standards end, and we've kind of lost track of that the non-academic skills, um, the social skills, the time management skills, the organization, the communication. I think we've lost some of the emphasis that we put on those things because we are so much focused on the testing and the standards. And I don't think that we need to swing back completely the other way on the pendulum, excuse me, so that the focus goes away from the standards because uh, learning is is why we're here. It's critical. But I I wish there was an ability to have more of a balance so that there's not this um, extreme pressure to, to stay up with a pacing guide that you have to do this and this and this and this and get it done by this and this and time. Uh, because teachers need a little flexibility to be able to to teach them how to be humans, to teach them how to be contributors in society, to teach them how to get along with each other, um, and be able to hold them accountable for those things. So teaching is really a, an art as much as a science then? Yes, most definitely. Is there anything that I'm missing? Should I be asking you that one big question that I haven't asked yet? I think if I had to to say there's there's one thing is um, what is it that keeps me coming back day after day after day and um, I, I think it's important that we identify as, as human beings where we're gifted and talented and um, what gifts have been given to us and we use those and if if teaching is part of where you're gifted and you live and you exist in that, um, then it does become part of your calling and it challenges you, but it also fulfills you. And um, in, in my opinion, uh, you know, by God's grace, it, that's, that's what I'm good at. And that's, that's why I've been able to have the success that I do is, is because I, I was given a gift and I'm, I'm choosing to use it in that area. And, it doesn't make it easy, but it does make it fulfilling and it makes it right. And that's what makes all of it come together. Liz, that's a great way to end. So I'm going to just end it there and thank you so much. I'm so happy to get a chance to talk with you and congratulations again. I really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you so much. It's quite an honor. That's the end of our podcast. If you'd like to participate in the conversation, please visit our Facebook page, Tampa Bay Times Gradebook. To keep up on the latest in Florida education breaking news, go to our blog, tampabay.com slash gradebook. Send us ideas that you might have for this podcast. If you'd like to hear them, we'd love to know what you want to know. And we will then try and follow up. 
I'm reporter Jeff Solacek. Thanks again for listening.